All righty, welcome to Be Uncommon. I am your host, Caleb Fossum, and on the podcast today, I have Michael Brandt. He is an endurance athlete, a marathon competitor, and the co-founder and CEO of HVMN, which launched the, the world's first ketone drink. So, Michael, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast and taking the time to talk to me today, man. Yeah, good to be here, Caleb. It's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, so my first question, um, you know, myself and everybody listening, what is a ketone? Like breaking down, like, you know, what is a ketone? Why are they good for us? Yeah. And what are the ketone shots? Yeah, what the heck is a ketone? A lot of people maybe have heard about ketones because your body makes ketones, always has for 300,000 years. Your body makes ketones when you do cardio, when you're fasting, when you're eating low carbohydrate diet or a keto diet to begin with. The concept is that whenever you're running low on blood sugar, your body will turn fat into ketones. So that's cool for weight loss because you're burning fat and you're turning it into ketones. And that's why a lot of people have been talking about the ketogenic diet in the last five, 10 years. But it's almost like they're missing the forest for the trees where like the ketones themselves are not the byproduct of weight loss. Ketones are just dope on their own. They are this magic molecule. And so in parallel to, you know, keto diet, bulletproof coffee, intermittent fasting, all these trends we've seen that they raise your ketone levels. In parallel, we've been doing work with the United States Department of Defense. We have a $6 million mm -hmm. contract with Special Operations Command. And we've been looking at, okay, well, we know ketones are amazing on their own. What if you make it as a drink and then you feed it to the highest performers in the world, special operators, elite athletes, like what, what results do you get? And the results are crazy. And the ketones are, it all has to do with the, the context in which your body typically makes a ketone, which is you're basically in like endurance mode. And so being able to like snap that on at a moment's notice by drinking it in a bottle, it's pretty crazy. It's like instant runners high instant metabolic efficiency, less oxidative stress. So like you age slower, there's all these cool things that happen from it that stem from how the context when your body normally makes it. And we're at the the cutting edge of just figuring out, okay, what's the best ketone delivery product? And that's where you know we invented ketone IQ and we're off to the races. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, I was reading up on it and I saw that you guys, like you said, you guys got a contract for the US Department of Defense. I mean, what what are like these high the highest performers in that field? Like, what are they taking it for? What are the benefits of them taking this drink? Well, a big a big mission for the US military is extending warfighter performance. So you can think about a couple different buckets, right? Like when you're when you're performing right now and you need to have more cognitive efficiency, be be better right now in the moment. That's one thing. The other thing is being able to, you know, a Navy SEAL takes hundreds of thousands of dollars to in, in total of training. It's like it's like getting a PhD in whooping ass like it's a very <laughs> long long expensive process so if you can if you can extend longevity of the force that's that's huge so there's a couple different buckets where it's interesting for right where people are able to have better performance on the on the fly so we're seeing that yes especially in these like endurance environments when you're in mm -hmm. hypoxia high altitude or you're really exhausted that seems to be when like ketones really kick in as well as just longevity. So being able to do it again, day after day, year after year, you know, the gas that we're putting into our system, it's like, it's either building up engine gunk or it's, or, or not. And so the fuel that we're putting into our system 
can decide that and can help people live a lot, a lot longer and recover better. Wow. Awesome. And I love that you're actually in the arena as an endurance athlete, as a marathon competitor. I know you, uh, says you got a six, six minute mile pace, which is obviously incredible. Um, and then what was your person, your personal best for your marathon was like two, two hours and 42 minutes or something like that. That's right. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was not too long ago. That was a, that was a really fun race. Yeah. I, I like to get after it. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to win the Olympics or even go to the Olympics, but I'm, I'm up there and there's, I think people can appreciate there's levels to it. Like I'm top 1% of a given marathon I run. Yeah. But there's levels to it, right? Like one in a hundred people ain't going to the Olympics. It's like one in a million people go to the Olympics. Not even because yeah. I don't know. That would be, I'm just doing the math. 7 billion people. Like <laughs> it's, it's a rare breed there. So there's levels mm -hmm. to it. And it's funny. Cause I, you know, just on a call yesterday with someone who's probably going to be on the men's Olympic marathon team. So I have to be careful when I flex versus not but for, <laughs> but for normal people. Yeah. Six minute miles is super fast. I put in a lot of hard work to get there. I mean, it's funny. Cause for me, it's, it's hard work, but it's also my happy place as I think mm. you can appreciate. It's like, I go, I run to blow off steam. I enjoy it. So it's, it's not like I'm, I'm just dreading every mile. I enjoy it. I've taken a very, I, I, one cool thing is I've gotten, I've gotten good quickly because I'm a big nerd about it all. I'm a big biohacker. I have a computer science background, so computer mm -hmm. science at Stanford. So when I'm running, it's like, yes, I'm running, but I'm also tracking my heart rate, my cadence my recovery afterwards, my nutrition, and by tracking those things and putting in the work, I've been able to make quick progress there, which I think is, I think it's pretty cool. It's like, you'll do things like I'll go on a run where I don't let my heart rate go above 140 and I'll go as fast as I can while keeping my heart rate constrained. And if you do that every day, the cool thing about doing that is that you're not exhausting yourself so you can get up and go do it again tomorrow. And then that compounding benefit over time is just massive. And then your body's just getting more efficient. You're able to do a lot with, you know, 140 is not that high of a heart rate. Like if you can move, if you can do like, you know, eight minute miles, seven and a half minute miles, seven minute miles at, at a lowish heart rate, you're getting this amazing fitness for when it's actually race time and you want to go get after it. You let your heart rate go wild and, and, and race the damn marathon. Like you can go really, really fast. So a couple different concepts there, but yeah, I've, I've been in, I've been super into endurance sports, marathoning, personally passionate about biohacking and built this business community around the space. And it's, it's a really exciting time. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of things to, to unpack there. I mean, that's something that I need to be more aware of. Like I've been in a performance uh, side, you know, I played football and baseball at a college level and stuff. And, but I never really focused on that heart rate aspect of it. And I don't think that stuff's, you know, even talked about enough. I mean, like you said, the longevity of this stuff, uh, of what you're talking about. Um, so have you been an athlete your, your whole life? I mean, what got you into, into athletics, into this performance background? Like what made you want to pursue this? Cause obviously, like I said, you're in the arena, you're doing the biohacking, you're tracking, you're doing all these things. And obviously it shows with a great, you know, product that you guys have developed. So I'm just curious of what even got you into this space. I am not the most naturally gifted athlete in the world. I'm five, five kind of skinny guy. Um, I guess like that kind of works for running, but I'm not even the like prototypical, you know, Boston marathon winner build. Mm -hmm. I just get after it. You know, I was varsity soccer four years in high school and team captain and mm. I didn't play D one, 
but I was always athletic, like always got after it. And I think what happened was after college, I had a corporate job. I worked at Google. Mm. It's a very cool job. But after a couple of years, I, I just really wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to build the next frontier. It was cool seeing Google had done the damn thing, you know, before yeah. me. And I was helping to incrementally build that out as a, as a day job. But I was like, okay, what's next? And to me, it became very obvious that the human body is the next platform for innovation. We're not just talking about what we're doing, like by no means, like there's, there's dozens, hundreds of other great brands and companies out there that are building mattresses that help you dial in your sleep, continuous glucose monitors that let you track your most important biomarkers for metabolic health. You're, you, you got smart rings, smart watches, you're able to track what's going on inside your body. So on the hardware level, yes. And then that leads to naturally, okay, I want to optimize my sleep, I want to optimize my longevity, I want to optimize my mood. Okay, what are you putting into your system? And these two pieces are connected. So we're friends with all the hardware companies, we're friends with all the, the whoops and the levels and all the, mm -hmm. all the hardware companies. Um, because okay, once you want to have a better recovery score, better sleep score, it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I gotta change what I'm putting into my system. I can't just eat 60 grams of sugar before bedtime. Like my my aura yells at me when I do that. <laughs> I can't have caffeine, you know, in the late afternoon because that has a six hour half-life and is still around in my system six hours later. Like the, the question I would always I always ask people is like, okay, if you're gonna have a cup of coffee at 4 p.m would you be cool with having half a cup of coffee right before bedtime? Cause that's basically what you're doing. That, that cup of mm. coffee is only half worn off. And it's like, no, of course you wouldn't have half a cup of coffee right before bedtime. Like doesn't sound like a good idea. So, so anyway, this is all to say that we have this renaissance around the human body is a platform, great hardware, software tools being developed to track and manage it. And then it just naturally leads to, okay, what do I, what do I do about it? Like, I don't, we were promised nutrition of the future and we got, we got like Jamba juice, which is, it's fine, but it's like, it's actually a lot of sugar inside of there. Like people are getting really, really smart and dialed in about, okay, well, I know objectively how I'm doing because I can, I can track it. Mm -hmm. Let me adjust what I'm putting into my system. Okay. I want to spend less time with elevated blood sugar. I want to spend more time with elevated ketone levels. Okay. Here's a tool that lets me just directly drink a ketone. That's a good tool to have in the toolkit. I would like to have that in my purse slash briefcase slash fanny pack for when I'm, mm -hmm. you know, traveling or fasting or doing a workout. So it's a really cool time, I would say in the overall ecosystem, and there's a lot of collaboration going on across different brands right now. Yeah, I, I truly believe that there's almost like this awakening, like you said, renaissance of human optimization, human health, um, you know, spirituality, just kind of this optimizing your life. And like you said, just putting the correct things in your body. And like, there, there are so many bad things and I don't think there's even enough education. Like people, the, the majority of people still don't even know a lot of this stuff. And I think that's, what's amazing is like companies like yourself is trying to educate the world on, on these things to optimize human performance. Such a good point. It's like the human body is complicated, right? Cause mm -hmm. you could take, you could take the most complicated computer or data center or Elon Ro Musk rocket, and you could break it into parts. And for each part, there exists a human who knows how that works, right? Because it's all built by humans. Take the most complicated data center, space center, spaceship, whatever, most complicated piece of engineering. Someone knows how each of that piece works. There may not be a person who understands the entirety of it, okay? But for each piece, there exists someone who understands it. You cannot take that same statement over to the human body. 
there are parts of the human body we still don't fully understand. There's things that connect in certain ways. There's certain ways that are that we actively like rewrite our DNA and that before we pass it on to the next generation based on our activities and behaviors and environment. Like there's a lot that is still being discovered constantly on and in the human body. So it's complex. I think that's a key concept. What's exciting though is that like the if you think about the the human body is a the most advanced piece of technology that you'll ever own, which it is. Mm-hmm. We are we're in the early innings. I always think about it. We're in the early innings of of developing the UX, the user experience around the human body, where it is very freaking cool that you can wear something that tells you your blood glucose levels every 15 minutes. It is very cool that you can objectively measure your sleep score and try things out, right? Like these mm. used to be, you have to, you used to have to go to the Stanford sleep study and sleep in, it was like a joke. Cause like you, right. You go to this like weird medical facility with his like crusty hospital bed <laughs> and you're supposed to like sleep. And then they like hook all these diodes up to you. It's like, okay, let's, me- let's see how good of a sleeper you are. And it's like, okay, pretty sure if you have sleep issues, like that ain't helping them. So mm. the, the ability to like measure at home with your smart mattress or your, wrist strap or whatever it is it's it's very cool we're living in the future mm. and and it's is this an exciting time for innovation in the space the ux is getting figured out where you don't have to go to your like md phd whatever like you're able to like look at your phone and get a score and see what's going on and we're i, I think we're still in the early innings of it but we're starting to it's like if we've been driving for all of human history with no dashboard and suddenly the mm. lights are starting to come on on the dashboard and we can see our engine temperature we can see how much gas is in the tank oh wow we can see how fast we're going it's like the, the things that you would like of course want to know if you were driving a car like the lights are just coming on in the dashboard of human health and well-being and it's a it's a really cool time yeah it's that's a really insane concept like you said we're living in the future of these things that are giving us direct feedback on our bodies, which is really insane. And like, you know, a couple years ago, even, you know, you only knew what you know. And now there's just so much information coming in from all these different, you know, arenas of life. And now with, you know, social media and, you know, this almost like free education from the internet and social media, all this stuff, it's like, it's like almost like sensory overload, but in such a great way, because now it's pretty much, you can optimize your life. You have the power. Like you said, you don't have to go to a doctor. You don't have to do all these different things. You have the power in your hand to optimize your life. And it's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun time to be alive. I'm excited for the future too. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. So talking about Stanford, so you, you have a background in computer science and, um, product design. Can you explain to, to listeners like what that, what that all entails, you know, how that kind of ties into to what what you're building and what you do. Yeah. Computer science for people who don't know is it's a really fun field. There's you know, we have technology all around us. Mm-hmm. What what happens when you study computer science is you get you get good at systems thinking. Like how do different systems connect into each other? Like running on your computer right now, there's there's hundreds of different programs at different levels that are all talking to each other. And what's cool about that skill set is that it's translatable because everything is just systems. If you look at the global supply chain, it's like you got the railroad system that's plugging into the ocean liner system that's 
and you got these containers that are kind of the modules that connect across those different APIs. Like the global supply chain is just a really complicated system that you can like zoom in and out of. You know, the, the human body, the Krebs cycle, like the way our metabolism works, it's it's all a system. It's all just different pieces connecting in and and through each other. So in that sense, it's fun. You know, any I would say any kind of hard, hard engineering is gonna teach you some level of rigor around systems design that is can be reasonably translatable the design component the product design component for me i've always been passionate okay like you can take the most complicated shit in the world nobody cares people okay people don't actually like technology people mm -hmm. like products they like mm -hmm. their iphone but people do not like oh i have a 5g chip with a mod 19 gps unit and a people don't want to know that <laughs> yeah. it's like like people People want the the product. They want the easy user experience. But the best technology doesn't feel like technology. It just it just mm -hmm. works. It's just invisible and it's magical and it works. And so I've always been fascinated at that at that bleeding edge of how do you take the stuff that's really technically interesting. Like we have a lot of IP. We have a lot of know how around human metabolism and how to how ketones are made and how we formulate them and how they interact with your metabolism. But no one cares. I mean, you might care or like you know. A PhD, like our research collaborators at the DOD, they definitely care. But like ninety-seven percent of people, they don't care. Like, when was the last mm -hmm. time that someone got on a podcast and explained how like caffeine works? Like, no yeah. one cares. It just caffeine just works. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's that that duality that's really fun for me as an entrepreneur. Where okay, like mm -hmm. we are, you know, able we go deep into the literature, the white papers. We're all, always publishing. We're always getting new contracts and grants. We're always pushing the science forward. We're always working with the, you know, several dozen best collaborators in the world around ketone metabolism. But at the same time, we're also, you know, got to just make the bottle look pretty. So it yep. pops out on the shelf, explain yep. it in a simple badge to your fifth grade cousin who has ADD. Like, like you have to, and, and that's been one of the funnest trips for me as an entrepreneur is like, you you have to telescope it. You have to have yes, we have the ninety minute version where we can just absolutely deep dive and go into everything about metabolism. But you also have to have the five second version that's just like, oh, looks cool. Oh, no carbs, no caffeine, energy boost. Let me try that. Like, and then you have mm -hmm. the levels in between. You have the two minute. You have the five minute. You have the twenty minute. You have like the different levels of like your marketing funnel, your product engagement funnel, where where people interact with you. And I think that again, that that's the fun. For me, is especially as a CEO and founder, is that like being able to touch across that whole spectrum as we're breathing life into this new this new area. No, that's amazing. I love how you talked about that because I mean it's just the same as you know being a CEO, being a coach, be the art of communication, being able to communicate, like you said, to a fifth grader, to a third grader about what they're putting into their body. And I think of athletes a lot, especially at a high level, like. A lot, some of them are very in tune with what they're doing, right? But there's some of them that just want to go out and play. What's going to make me perform the best? What's going to make me run the fastest? They don't know, like you said, they're not going to dive into what, how, why. And to have the background to be able to, to do that is is obviously insane. It's really cool um, to have those different versions. Like you said, the two minute, the five minute, the 90 minute. It's really cool to be able, and it's an art to be able to explain. I think that's one of the qualities of a true leader um, and entrepreneur, like you said, obviously, which you are. Um, so. You got that computer science and now the product design. Is that what you're talking about as far as like the actual product itself, making it, you know, look pretty and getting the people to take it off the shelves? Yeah, making it look pretty, getting people to take it off the shelves. I would say that's that's maybe the, like the, 
scratching the surface of design. Yeah. When you start asking questions around that, it's really interesting because like, what is pretty? Like, what is mm -hmm. eye-catching? What is grabbing it off the shelf? And it's not just picking the right colors at that point. It's like, okay, well, we you invent a flying shoe. Who, okay, who needs a flying shoe? Like, who, mm. what is the need state? Where do you need to meet people where they're at, right? Because you can invent the flying shoe, but like, if you just put it on a shelf, maybe it'll sell, maybe it won't. You need to get it in front of the people who have that, like a given need state. Is it people with Alzheimer's? Is it people who are driving race cars? Is it young people? Is it old people? Is it people losing weight? Is it people trying to be superstar athletes? Like, like where does your product tell the best story? And then you can start really thinking about design because then, then it's like, okay, well, now we can start, okay, this is how people are going to be using it. This is what, what they're going to feel around it. Then you can start placing down some thoughts around, okay, what, what should the packaging say? What should it convey? How should it feel like? Who does this need to resonate with? Because uh, if you yeah if you just I I would say one of the big big lessons I've learned in in design is if you just start designing shit you're you're gonna have a bad time like you got to start almost at the end which is okay what is the need state mm. and it's interesting I mean to go a little bit philosophical on it I yeah. think that there are two general ways that that companies come about the first is you start with a need and you don't know the answer you just know hey patients that are like x need need a solution new moms need x I, I don't know what the answer is but like cyclists need x and then you go and you try out a bunch of technologies you you build different stuff you see what's available you go to trade shows you tinker and you figure out okay okay i invented it like i invented the the, the new high chair that uses titanium whatever it is that's style a of company style b of company is the opposite where you start with a technology you start with the flying shoe or like you invented teflon or what like you invented something and say, okay, what the heck do I go and do with this? Like, like with post-it notes, right? One of the most popular iconic <laughs> products is like, they had this like low semi-sticky glue. It's like, who the hell needs semi-sticky? I want glue that fucking works. Like, yeah. that, what is a semi-sticky glue? <laughs> and the, the stroke of genius was like, okay, well, there's this need state that we can map that to. But when you start off with just the technology, it's like, you just have semi-sticky glue, or you have a flying shoe, or you have new Teflon thing. And it's like, okay, what need state? can we map that to that's i would say innovation style b the truth is any big successful company needs to do both like you need to have a novel technology answer and you need to answer a coherent need but usually almost always you find that companies kind of like start in one ballpark or the other like they either start with the tech looking for the need or they start with the need and they develop the tech around it there's an interesting framework that i've I've seen and like helpful to think about it. Just introspect on yourself as an entrepreneur, or if you're considering entrepreneurship, as far as like what what style are you? Where are you in the journey? And and appreciating both sides. A lot of times people have more skills towards one or the other, right? Higher EQ people generally are really understanding of needs. High technical IQ. I don't know. High just technical skill people sometimes. Maybe a PhD in material science, maybe you invent the semi-sticky glue and you have no idea where to go and put it. It takes all it takes both kinds of thinking to to get something off the ground. And it's a helpful way to think about it. No, that was extremely helpful for people that listen that are into entrepreneurship, trying to get into it, want to start a business. Cause it is, it's like, what problem are we solving? Like what's the intent behind this product, this company? Like who are we, who are we marketing to? Right. That whole deal of discovering what you're doing. 
I'm curious to, to hear your point of view as far as, you know, co-founding co this company and being a CEO, what type of thinker do you consider yourself? And, you know, did, did the drink come first? Did you guys see a problem that was out and you were like, I want to tackle this? Like, what, how did this all come about? It's a really good question. And what I would say, <laughs> so I have, I have a co-founder and he was the CEO for the first several years of the company. He was an amazing CEO, would not be where we are without him. His name is Jeff Wu. He's, he's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say we pair really well off of each other where he mm -hmm. is a really good, if I had to, I mean, this is paying with really broad strokes because I think we're both yeah. good at kind of both, but I would say he's sh super sharp on the technology side. What I was saying mm -hmm. there, like really like spotted ketones as an opportunity to innovate around really it was like in the, in, in there with the DOD getting operator buy-in, getting the right sign-offs there. Uh, I've always been interested in, okay, well, what's the, what's the problem to go and solve or what's, what are the need states? Okay. Well, for ketones in particular, you know, everyone's doing metabolism all the time. So it's for everyone, but that, you know, you got to fine tune it a little bit where, okay, is it for weight loss? Is it for, Hey, you know, just metabolic boost that makes you feel more sharp at work. Is it for athletes who need to bike harder? Like, how do we map? How do we start mapping that down to a, a short-ish list of need states? And then, and then you do the marketing, right? Like, I was, I was on Lance Armstrong's podcast last week in Aspen. Like, like doing, wow. you know, doing the work to get in there with the cycling community. Once you pick, once you pick the areas that you really care about, right? And at some point along the way, yeah, we 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 swapped roles, or I mean, he he's still super involved exec chair i'm the ceo and it's kind of made sense my my narrative on it is just like yeah a lot of what we're doing now is we're getting in into grocery stores we're launching in central market out there in texas in in like a week we're we're, we're right about to turn the lights on uh we're launching a bunch nice. of places here in la and you know we're in lance armstrong's bo uh, bike shop in aspen we're in joe rogan the on it gym there in yep in Austin, Texas, Joe Rogan's gym. We're in the collective, which is a big NFL training gym mm -hmm. in Austin. So right now, a lot of what we're doing is mapping this lightning in a bottle mm. to need states. And it's all happened very organically. Like my co-founder, I had no, it was, it was not like a, I did not like wrestle it from him or something. Like this is a very peaceful, it just kind of made sense. I don't even know who brought it up. Like at some point it made sense to swap based on what the company needed. And here we are. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love, I mean, how, like you said, this duality and this complement of others in a business and surrounding yourself with a team of people that yeah. like you said have specific skills that complement the business, that complement your expertise or maybe you want to delegate time to this so they need like so what is the importance you think on that compliment you know in a business i love that question caleb that's that's that is everything i would say one of my biggest flaws i would say as a founder is i'm sometimes like too too I'm like, I'm like a smart ass. I'm like too smart for my own good. Like, I think I can do everything. It's actually a very bad tendency as a entrepreneur. Cause you actually want to get out of the way and hire people that are better than you. You don't want to be, mm -hmm. it's, it's a good tendency when you're literally a one or two person show and you're trying to get your first 
hundred thousand dollars, right? You're trying to get your first thousand customers to give you a hundred dollars, right? Okay. Then it's good to be a jack of all trades. You're the designer, you're the supply chain guy, you're the customer success ticket person, you're the, you're everything. But at a certain point, I, I think I've gotten a lot, I've gotten sharp on this over the years, which is that for us to actually be good at anything, I can't be the guy. Like my job is to find the guy or gal. Like mm. my VP of product has a chemical engineering degree from MIT. I do not. Like she knows her, she knows how, that stuff cold. Our, our design lead used to run his own design agency, has worked for Apple, has worked, right? It's like, okay, I know my run around Photoshop, but I ain't that guy, right? Like our, our head of research has a PhD in cardiac metabolism from Oxford. It's like, okay, I know about ketone metabolism, but like, Dr. Mansour knows about ketone metabolism. So, so there's, there's levels to it. And I think one of the best things you can do is know where you're strong and then know, and then get out of your way on the other things. That's the most important meta skill period is just like, know where you're good and know where you need to get out of your own way. Like, where is your zone of G I will say my zone of genius. I think I have a really good touch on, on that spot where tech meets culture. So I have a good mm. sense of like product and marketing campaigns and partnerships and how to really like get it going there. But you know, that's me. That's just, that's me. I, you know, that's where my mind goes. I'm not your supply chain guy. I'm not a biochemist. Like I would say as a CEO of a company that does all this, I know all that reasonably well, I'm mm -hmm. probably a, a minus level at everything that matters to the company, but I've hired a plus plus people that actually own those roles. And just get, yeah, getting out of your own way is super important. I think even in the in the early early days when you are, you know, co-founder dating, I think one of the big pitfalls that happens to a lot of people is, I think you want to co-found a company with someone who's not like you exactly, mm. and that's really hard because a lot of times it's like your best friend from work is like, let's go co-found a company together, or your frat bro from college, like, let's co-found it. And I, look, that can, that can totally work. I, I would say that what I've seen my personal experience is like, I don't want another me. Like, I don't want a person next to me who like is also kind of like a designery tech guy, whatever. Like I want to sit next to someone who's just like way better than me clearly at one or two or three things. And then I can compliment them on one or two or three things. But it's like, I want it to fit together like puzzle pieces, not, mm -hmm. not on top of each other. And I just think it's hard because some because it's going to lead to maybe different outlooks, different types of hard mm -hmm. conversations to have, different just lenses on the whole world. But I, I think that's the whole point is like if you have someone who has the same lens on the world as you, like one of you is redundant. <laughs> you know, you're you're not covering the whole map. You might be reinforcing each other's biases actually. So you want to have like you want to really like spread out the map and have a, like a lot of different types of thinkers around you and, and then listen to them and get out of their way and empower them. So yeah, there, there's a lot in there, a lot in there about just like culture. It's all people at the end of the day. It is, it is people, but I loved, um, as a founder and CEO and a natural leader that you are, you started with one of my biggest flaws is, and I love that it's, you know, it's very easy for people, you know, that run a company or the face of a company to, to not feel like they can expose that they have flaws. So to hear you start with, Hey, well, what compliments a business? You're like, well, one of my flaws is X. And then 
I want to compliment that. Like that just speaks about your company, the person you are. So I really, really appreciated that. Um, and another thing that struck me, you know, uh, you know, reading about you and learning about you before, you know, we hopped on here was, you know, you scored 99 percentile. Is it your GMAT? Is that how you pronounce it? GMAT? Yeah, yeah. The business school entry. OK, yeah. So 99 percentile. But then you skipped business school to go straight into entrepreneurship. Can you talk to me about that thought process and why? Yeah, got to gotta get your MBA on the streets. <laughs> I love that. I think like, I think it's, I have two, uh, two opposing thoughts on MBA. Like I did not get an MBA and I, I am glad I didn't. My, my attitude on it was, okay, I left my corporate job. That would have been the point to go get an MBA. I done, I did great at Google. I left, I could have gone to get an MBA for a couple of years. Or the way I framed it up was, okay, MBA is ex expensive. I don't know, 50K mm -hmm. plus a year, like housing, all that plus you're not making money at the same time like it is expensive so let's just call it 50k a year i actually think it's more than that by now mm -hmm. you you, gra you graduate okay you're 100k in debt and now you're trying to find a job my stance on it was okay what if i just entrepreneur for a couple of years and like the worst case i don't think i will spend 50k <laughs> a year just entrepreneur just trying stuff out seeing what sticks so i launched a, a few different types of projects i did different projects with different potential co-founders like co-founder dating you could call it mm. where i just had a few different projects and we launch and see what what sticks and our first business with, with my co-founder our first business we, we it was called neutrobox we're actually the first nootropics company to go on to shark tank wow and and bring really bring nootropics into the mainstream and then that built us this amazing platform that we then morphed into hvmn or we broadened out into all of health and metabolism and launched our ketones so it's been a fun journey but i would say the reason that we one of the big reasons we stuck with nutribox in the early early days was it was just working like the concept people were buying it like the concept was just flying and i tried three four other concepts and they some of them were worked okay and some of them worked less well and I always thought that was really important where I didn't go into entrepreneurship with a, oh, I must do X. I was open. I was like, I I, I don't want to do something like again, that goes against me, but there's a, a lot of correct answers here of what kind of company would be fun to run. Let me try a few of them out and just see if it's possible to get that first 100 customers. Give it your darndest for you know three, six months. And if it doesn't work, pick it up pick up the next thing, like put down, put down the thing that didn't work, pick up the next thing. And my sense on entrepreneurship, especially if you're young, especially if you don't have a family, you're young, you're, 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 just, you're if you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, that's in your bones. I would say, just go for it. Like try some stuff out. It's very likely that even if you dick around for two years, like it's going to be less expensive than an MBA and you'll probably fall into your idea you'll probably figure out what your airbnb or your dollar shave club or whatever it is you're maybe you're build a podcast media empire like you'll figure out what your thing is if you get up every day and treat it like it's a degree and treat it like it's burning 50k a year and like get after it you know the other side of the coin is that look like if you have a job and your boss is saying hey look like i can promote you but the for that next level position Hey, you got to have a MBA. You got to have some letters next to your name. 
you know, who am I to say, don't get an MBA? Like you go get an MBA, you get the stamp, you get the promotion. Like, you know, it's not, I don't think controversial that, you know, getting an MBA, you'll, you'll get paid more over your career on average if you don't. However, you know, most founders of fortune 500 companies never got an MBA. So it's, it's hard for me to give like cookie cutter advice mm -hmm. on it because it can be a great idea to get one. It can be a great idea to not get one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, everybody's different, right? Every situation's different. Um, but I'm a firm believer of actually being in the arena and getting your right. ass kicked in the arena, right? And and learning and trial and error. And I love how you talked about you're eventually going to find it if you just go and you're a doer and you're doing and you're trying and you're treating that like your degree every single day. You're the, you're in the degree of life, man, every single yeah. day. Um, yeah. I really, really resonate with that because, you know, I... I learned more. I mean, I, I got a, you know, bachelor's degree in business management, but it, I feel like when I was done with school and, and, and sports, it was like, I don't know shit about shit. Like I didn't even know where to start. I didn't even know, you know, so being in the arena, trial and erring, trying different things and just stacking these skills, um, you know, like you said, so you, you go into entrepreneurship, you start, you go on shark tank with this company, you're starting this company, you worked at Google, um, you worked at the Academy of the arts in San Francisco. Yeah. Can you talk about just being a continuous learner? Like I'm, I'm really big on relentless curiosity and stacking these skills and just kind of the things that you took along your journey to lead you where you're at today of just, you know, it doesn't have to be specific points, but just, you know, those little wins along this journey that you said, you know, and you're still on this journey, we're, we're still growing, but being relentlessly curious and always being open, like you said, I like that you said that you were open to whatever came. Yeah. It's really cool too, because I just had a daughter. She's oh wow, congrats. On, thanks, man. She's coming up on six months. Do you have kids? Uh, I do not. Not yet. Yeah. Well, it's it's magical and difficult and everything, <laughs> everything they say. It's it's true times ten. Um, I love that. Good for that. And I I mean I've learned a lot from her. Um one thing I've learned is this little aside is that you cannot calm a crying baby unless you yourself are calm <laughs> yeah and wow. it has been a absolute master class for me in terms of managing my own emotional state your crying daughter does not care how many emails are in your inbox does not care what happened at work or didn't happen wow she, like you have to you have to be there and be present if you want to get back to those emails or you want to get back to whatever is on fire like you got to put it all aside and be there and be present and calm and in control. And then, and then you can put the baby down and then you can get back to it. But you, you, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's like a masterclass in like Jedi mind tricks of your, your own psyche. I can't even imagine. I, I can't, I barely take care of myself, man. I can't imagine wow. taking care of another human being and being the CEO and founder of a company. And I mean, how are you, I mean, how do you balance that work life parent, newly parent, you know, combo. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about the balance. And I, I mentioned my daughter also to talk about the, the curiosity because she's just mm. so curious. And I think babies are curious about things and, and kids are curious about things and it's, it's the natural human state. And I think it gets beaten out of us. And mm. one of the th best things I think you can do as an adult is like, just is to hang on to it, like hang on to curiosity, like, be always learning 
I think what's hard about it for people is like, okay, well, if you're always learning something, then it's kind of admitting that you don't know everything. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like you, you're saying people don't want to admit their flaws or people don't want to. And so admitting that like, you know, like reading a business book, like I'm a, I'm, yeah, I'm a CEO, the company's successful, like all these stuff going well, but I'm still reading business books all the time. Right. I'm still mm -hmm. like following people on Twitter that have done it way bigger and better than me. Right. I'm, I'm still always trying to soak up with that next level is like, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know it all. I, I ain't Andrew Carnegie yet. Right. Like I ain't Steve jobs yet. Like I, I haven't figured I ain't Oprah Winfrey yet. Like we, we haven't figured out those next levels and that's okay. And I don't think people mm -hmm. need to feel any way about it. And I, I think one of the things that gets away of curiosity is ego, the, the need to look like, you know, what you're talking about. Which is important. Look, if you're at a board meeting, you you should know what you're talking about within that yeah. arena of your of your scope. Know know what the heck you're talking about. But can you hang on to the duality of it of like knowing what you're talking about in one frame and then being able to like zoom out on another frame and admit that you don't know everything and be be open and receptive to learning and just like curious. Like it's it's so funny because like you'll I'll show something to like you know, like my wife's mom's friend who's like Vietnamese and doesn't have great English and I'll show her my product and she'll just like say something about it. It's absolutely brilliant. Like, like she'll, she'll come up with the whole tagline. Cause like to her, like I just, the good ideas can come from everywhere. And if your uh -huh. idea is that, oh no, I'm the note, I'm, I'm the CEO. I know what our tagline is. It's like, well, I don't know, maybe it, ideas can come from everywhere. And sometimes it's the people that aren't thinking about your product all, all of the time, the way that you are. And they're just yeah. more normal people and they're down to earth. And I think it's kind of funny. And it's like, if someone doesn't have like all these crazy Ivy league vocabulary in their brain, they just speak regular English. The tagline is probably going to be better than <laughs> my smart slash dumb ass. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can be <laughs> yeah. your own, you can be your own worst enemy there. And mm -hmm. And just being curious being, and being open to that, being open. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you can pay this brand agency six figures to come up with your tagline that, you know, I'm not against that for some context, but you can also just, you can also listen to a lot of your everyday customers and be open-minded there and just staying curious. I think super important. It's one of the hardest things to hire for too. It's one of the most important things. You can almost always tell like very early on in a process, like is someone curious, are you having to explain your company to them? Cause they're like a, I was this way when I was like in ninth grade, begrudgingly, it's like, yo, yeah, you had to explain chemistry into my brain. I was not <laughs> like hungry for chemistry. I was curious yeah. about other things, but like, if you feel like you're having to like explain thing into the brain of someone you're hiring, like it's not, that's not what you want. You want the person who's like, oh, whoa, this is amazing. I listen mm -hmm. to these podcasts. I listen to podcasts from your competitors. They said X, Y, and Z. What do you think about X, Y, and Z? How do you result? Like you want the people that are just like, and there's no right answer here. It's just you can feel it. You can feel that curiosity. You can feel that they're like trying to like, like, like pull in the rope of life. Like they're trying to pull more in of, of what's out there. And something I, I'm very sensitive to in, in hiring and, and yeah, making, making those hiring decisions. Um, so curiosity is big. And then, yeah, the other topic of, of, balance like how do you mm -hmm. balance it all i mean the the, the dirty the, the the secret to it is that you can't balance it all it, mm -hmm. warren buffett has this great advice he's like take a list of the top 25 things you want to do 
and cross out number six through 25. <laughs> because those are going to be the biggest distractions from the top five. You know what I mean? Like especially number six, like the one just below the fold. It's like, I don't know, whatever it is, underwater basket weaving, whatever you're thinking, like, oh, I mean, I really wish I could golf or I really would, whatever that like sixth thing is, it's so painful to let it go. Cause like, it's the thing that you, you want to do, but like, there's just a limit. And it's like, if you're Kobe Bryant, all that dude did was shoot buckets. Like he was not, you know, whiskey tasting and parasailing. All, he just shot buckets and it was there for his family and he did like a single like a short list of things that mattered to him and and then you can find balance if you keep your list really short then you can find balance but you got to be really solid with yourself about like why those five things does that really matter are the five things going to be the same in six months in three years and look it's not to say you can't ever change it but you don't want to be changing it every monday it's like you maybe want to change one or two in a year, right? Like you mainly want to keep compounding on the same main things and not thrashing. And that just takes, I think, a lot of, you got to be settled in who you are, what you want. You got to be, you just got to be sturdy, know what matters to you. You got to be okay with, you got to be truly okay and unbothered if, like, if there's something going on that's that number six, right? Like I probably, I don't really party, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I is not that guy. It used to be not that guy and it's like i am so unbothered if there's a cool party going on and i cannot make it yeah because i'm you know what i'm in sleep i'm asleep at like 10 yep. and wake up hang out with my daughter go for a 14 mile run mm -hmm. be there with my family be there with for work you know what? like i just it's just i'm unbothered i oh you know what i don't i don't go to a lot of like sports events personally like i don't watch a lot of sometimes i just won't watch the super bowl like i i don't care yeah I like, I'd rather I, like, sometimes I would literally, I think this year on the Super Bowl, I was literally going for a run. I love that. <laughs> and my decision on it was like, look, dude, I want to watch like Joe Burrow, whatever, get a workout in, or do I want to get a workout in? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to get a workout in. Like that is a, that is my top five. Watching the Super Bowl for me is like number 17 on the list. It's yeah. like, I don't like, that's cool. I'll check out the highlights. Like, and just, and I had, I'm, I'm so unbothered by it. Like, I don't care. I like, do not care that I did not watch the Super Bowl, but I like, it just doesn't. I just don't care. It's like, yeah. I just do what I'm going to do. I yeah. just do my well, top I mean, five. You have your priorities and that's respectable as fuck because it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I love. I know what I need to do and the power of saying no. And that's something that's really Huge. hard to learn. And like, uh, I mean, like you said, do I want to get a workout in? Because right now I need to get a workout in or I can go watch like that's respectable. You know what I mean? Cause football is not everybody's thing. Nobody really, it, it, it's so true. And it's funny when you, zoom out right we're on a fucking right. floating rock in the middle of of eternity like in the big scheme of things the super bowl is not that important right and so what's important to you on your on your top five which i love and i also wanted to touch back on what you talked about earlier was you know having you know a, a new a newly born daughter and it's like we're all just trying to get back to that childlike nature that you spoke about it's that relentless curiosity and you can never learn that. Like you said, some of your everyday customers, old, young, whatever, might spark some inspiration. Um, and I'm really curious as a creative, you know, that you are and a CEO and what routine do you have, you know, to get into a flow state or if you're gonna, you know, I, I, I don't know if you actually mm -hmm. intend to create in moments or if it just comes, but what does that process kind of look like to you, a routine or a creative process? Oh, uh, that's such a good question. 
I'll tell you, I like creative process. I think that's a really interesting topic to talk about where the creative process is like, it's not one process. It's like, mm -hmm. there's so many sub processes and like those, what, what's crazy about it is the sub processes are, can be like totally different corners of your brain. And I think broadly speaking on the creative process, there's at least two main steps where they say, there's that saying, write drunk, edit sober. Yeah. There's at the very least, there's the like creation, loosey goose ideas. Where the heck did that idea come from? That light bulb moment, that funny, whatever your thing, that line, that idea for a photograph that like, wh who knows where that comes from? It's just like, you can build that muscle for sure. But like, it's that, it's that spark, the, the kind of randomness, the originality, the creativity, where's that come from? But like a lot of those ideas are trash too. Like, and, and mm -hmm. then that's where we get onto the editing where it's like, okay, well you have five ideas. Okay. How do you like hone it down? Like you have, you have a bunch of stuff to write about. You have 3000 word blog posts, like you know, tighten that shit up. Like people don't mm -hmm. want to make it 800 words, like make it like, make it shorter, uh, like condense it, edit it down. So, and those are two totally different skills where, you know, the worst thing is when you're sitting down and everything is calm and you're in your studio and you have your little air diffuser and you got headphones on and your coffee and like everything is so perfect and you have writer's block. <laughs> and what I've realized is that to me, what I just described, like, you know, sitting down with your, in your studio where everything's calm, amazing for editing, not as amazing for creativity. For me, creativity happens like everywhere else. It happens yep. when I'm running. It happens when I'm at the mm -hmm. gym. It happens. Like I take so many, when I'm weightlifting, I don't know. I do sometimes I'll have like a, a little edible, like a yep. small dose edible and lift weights. Yep. Uh, stay, be safe, everyone at home, whatever. But it's like <laughs> I'll have like two, two, two milligrams and, and some ketones. And yeah. I will just be like lit up mentally. And like between sets, I'm having this, all these ideas. Oh, I should tweet about this. Oh, yep. I should do a TikTok Instagram reels about this. Oh, I got an email. Oh, this dude from college works with this company that we should partner with. Oh, how the hell is Rob? Like, and it just, and I was like taking notes on my phone in between sets. And then when I get to my, my, factory my email spreadsheet factory the next morning so i i'm i'm organized about it where I, I have like you know my my notes my to-do list where i kind of just like dump raw ideas i think it's super important to have a way of just catching these loose ideas as they're coming up when you're grocery shopping chatting with your buddies you know even during this call i jotted down a couple of things right it's like yeah like have that really the iphone notes app probably a great place to get started there's other apps that that people like just like a way to catch that it should not require loading a website or wi-fi or secret launch code like it's just a really like a post-it note like like it should just be a really easy way to capture idea just capture 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 and then you have your magic time you have your okay well from 7 to 10 a.m i get my my air diffuser and the lighting is perfect and I put on my nice binaural beats and my headphone and I have my cold brew and my ketones and I am equanimous to everything going on in the world. And then you can look at your creative ideas and you can start selecting, oh, okay, this one's this one's really good. Okay, let me just draft that email and it will just like flow through you. That's how I would describe my process. And I to generalize it out. It's like, you, like have, a, have an engine for creativity, have a way to like catch things that are going on in your life, let your life be your creative engine mm. and then, and then put that somewhere and then sit down for content time or creative, whatever you want to call it, where you then go to that notepad where you've collected all of those ideas. And then you 
take action on it. And you're almost two different people in the same brain. You're like the wild creative maniac. And then you're the like super boring taskmaster, get her done person. And you just got to pass the ball back and forth and know when each one of those people inside your head, like, what do they feed on? What, mm -hmm. who's hungry? Like, what do they need to eat? Give them what they need to thrive and let them, let them, let that collaboration take place between the two of them. Yeah, that was uh, a really, really good description. I resonate with it so much because it's so funny. I feel the same way when I'm at the gym or I'm out doing stuff. I am constantly in that note section. The note section and people's iPhones probably have trillion dollar ideas in there or tweets yeah, yeah. or lines or whatever. I mean, that's the, sure. it's, it's the mecca of, like you said, something hits. You don't know when it's going to hit. I need to be able to get it down because I always regret the moments that I don't get it out. I'll forget it. It, it, yep. it's like a cloud just passing through my mind and it's oh, out man. and I, I don't get to go grab it again until it, until yep. it gets brought up. And it's funny cause my 14 year old brother's out here visiting and you know, we were working out and he told me in the car, he was like, you know, I, I get, I think of the best ideas when I'm, when I, after I work out or when I'm working out and I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, that physical and doing the thing, getting in nature, being in solitude, just doing natural things as humans yeah. that are good for you start to generate that creative juice. So I love that you touched on all that. That's amazing. Man. Oh, it's so beautiful. We can keep riffing on it too. Cause I also think that life has chapters to it where mm. you might be in a spot in life where for a month you're, I don't know, maybe you're between jobs, you're just graduated, whatever you're traveling around South America, wherever. And you might have 3000 ideas. And like, that's just what life is. You're connecting with people. You're understanding how, to really with new people, you get how the world like beautiful. And then there's other times in life where you might just be like nose to the grindstone. There's been parts of the company where it's like, yo, there is zero need to be creative. It is just rock and roll time. It's like, mm. yo, when it's time to get to the airport, you know how it is? Like you're like, yep. you're, you're, you gotta be at your gate in like 15 minutes and you're like 20 <laughs> yeah. minutes from the airport that, that, that moment. It's like, yo, we're not ideating. We are not you know, brainstorming this shit out. We are, we have a, a endpoint, and we are either going to make it yeah. or we are not going to make it. And so there's been, there's been months of the business where it's like that was like, I don't need it. This is not the time to be creative. We know what our product is. We know what our brand is. We know it, it is just like do the damn work day after day after day. And so what we're saying about the, like the kind of the two voices in our head, like the, the creative one and the doer one, it's not just like each one of them takes an equal turn every single day for the rest of your life. It's like, it is it is not like you can try to guide your week so that each one of those voices in your head has room to breathe. Yes. But also on an even larger view, it's like some years of your life may be more widely creative versus other mm. years of your life might just be like you know, go time. Don't like, like get the job done. And so it's, there's, there's like waves within the waves. Yeah, absolutely. I, I resonate with that so much because that's something that I struggled with where it was like, you need to pit, find your passion, you need to do this and do that. And I feel like I recently just understood that I'm in a season of learning and connecting and having that broad creativity of just like, okay, I'm going to do this, this and this and this. And then like you said, eventually, it'll hit you where it's like, oh, okay, it's time to focus on this zoom in and like get after it. But I love that you said that it can take years because I feel like there's so much pressure today about like, having to have something and getting that one thing done. And you know, so I really, really appreciate that you touched yeah. on that point of 
of it's okay to be in these seasons of yes. life and different characters, you know? Well, because once you pick the thing, you want it to be a, one of your top five things. Right. So don't, don't choose it lightly. It's like you could, you could choose a better thing or a worse thing, depending on the quality of the exploration you do and the patience that you give to yourself and the understanding of what even, what even matters to you. So it's in a sense, it's like, yeah, be during those creative times, be patient so that when it's go time, when you're putting in those, those endless thankless hours, that like you know that you're you're doing it you're compounding into something that matters to you and that you're you're going to keep compounding into i love the idea of the compound effect of those small daily wins just adding up over time into something obviously huge and and just progressing um you know for me i, I would be curious to know like what behind i mean the company itself but also just you personally like is your one or several kind of passions that that drive you that keep you going that keep you waking up as a founder ceo and a parent of a new daughter like what are the passions that um you know drive you or your i guess i like to call them like life morals of like you know serving connecting you know creation whatever the case is yeah yeah i, I have a few of them one is i mean I, we talked on it a a bit with when we're talking about specifically around ketones mm-hmm the human body is really interesting and we're just learning it. I'm, I'm really excited. I think whatever I do now, you know, maybe HVMN is my life's work and you know, we, I'm working on this for, for decades. Maybe we sell the company at some point, I do something new, mm -hmm. but I, but whatever it is, it's going to be in and around the human body because I think the human body is so interesting and it's such a mm -hmm. ripe time for it. So in, in terms of what, like, motivates me or what, what's like interesting to me is from a from a values perspective say like i'm less interested in i don't know optimizing ad tech mm -hmm. on the internet or something that, that's less of what lights my fire i'm really interested in the human body it's the most advanced piece of technology we'll ever own i think it can, i think people don't understand their body well enough just in by and large in general some people almost by a stroke of luck they figure it out and they have amazing lives and they're happy in their bodies and healthy and other people by a stroke of bad luck, like they never figured out, they never meet that coach or that mentor or come to it on their own or whatever. And it's such a shame because everyone I think deserves to have a, a good, happy, healthy life. And we shouldn't be chasing good feelings by chasing, you know, Marlboro reds and a bunch of booze, right? Like that's what people end up going for. Cause that's what makes them feel happy temporarily but there's a better way to feel happy day by day and it's not this crazy secret it shouldn't be this crazy secret so the human body is is health and performance really interesting to me in general um super motivating to me i think in general like what what, what is the meaning of life is like you know you you got to take the things that you think are beautiful in the world and try to amplify them try to make more they, they, that's all i can really say take the values take the aesthetics that you think are good in the world and try to be a magnifier on those and i think that's all you can really do in life 
And whatever those things mean to you, if you love good music, make more good music. If you love good art, make good art. If you love uh, keeping things really organized and creating you know, order in the world, uh, be an architect or an, uh, be in finance, right? Like whatever, whatever you think is, and that's a very personal question, like whatever you think is beautiful in the world, try to let it like flow through you, but like multiply as it flows through you. That, yeah, that was amazing. I love that because um, it's, Life in general, man. I mean, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. You know, the, yeah. the one witnessing this experience, and no one's experiencing your experience. You are, you know, be uncommon. Yeah. Our whole thing on this show is to celebrate the distinctions that make you you. Um, and what makes you uncommon is the fact that you are you, and to celebrate those distinctions because, you know, you have the beauty all in what you already have. Everything's inside. Like you said, you can't go. To these external things and and get this validation or get this temporary high from the booze or whatever the case is um because there's serious work that needs to be done to live a healthy optimized lifestyle you know the way that it's intended to be there's work it, it doesn't come easy and i think that scares most people but like you're saying if you just do the work do the necessary things put the right things into your body that's going like, to compound into longevity like everything is work though you know what i mean like like being out of shape when you're 45, that sounds mm -hmm. like a lot of work to me, like mm -hmm. huffing and puffing to go grocery shopping. Like, I don't know, I'd rather huff and puff up a hill on a seven mile run right now. It's like, you're gonna be huffing and puffing. You might as well pick, you might as well like sign yourself up. It's like in swim class, I, like when you're, in, when you're nine years old in swim class, like who wants to jump in the pool first? Like just raise your damn hand. Like you're gonna get wet. You might as well just get in the pool. Like what's that quote? It's um. Discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. Mm. That, like you're gonna end up doing the thing anyway. You might as well sign up for it and do it with discipline. Mm. Like you're gonna have to figure out a way you know, to navigate around money in this world. That's the world that we live in. So you can either like ignore it, delay it, let it catch up with you and be, you know, X amount in debt, and then you figure out personal finances, or you can play offense on it and get really smart about money and taxes and investing and all that stuff and like and figure it out now it's, no one likes that shit i don't no one likes that mm -hmm. maybe people need to hear that from me it's like like no one really likes that stuff but like you're if you're gonna have to learn it anyway like play offense on it because believe it or not it's gonna be less work if you're proactively in shape proactively good on your finances like it will be less network i say this is like a is a lazy because it's like if you want to be lazy about life, it's like it will be less work for you to get out ahead of it than if you let it catch up with you. And then you're trying to dig yourself out of a financial hole or a health hole. Like the amount of work to dig yourself out of the hole is so much harder than if you didn't get in the hole to begin with. Mm. And so if, okay, if, if what I'm hearing is like, Hey, like someone, you know, you hate the work. Okay. Well, if you hate the work, there's no way around the work. Cause that's like, yeah. but the way to minimize the work is to get out ahead of it. So you tell me, like you hate the work. I don't know. Smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey to make the pain go away. It's like it's not gonna solve your problem for you. But the problem's still gonna be there. Yeah, I totally agree. It's the choosing your hard. Like you said, everything's hard. Like so you got you you have the opportunity every day to choose it. Like I've never regret regretted waking up, investing in myself, doing the the things that need to happen because like you said you're just compounding instead of digging yourself deeper into a hole that you're eventually gonna have to pull yourself out of or you're gonna die 
miserable, overweight, unhealthy, whatever the case is, right? Um, that was amazing, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, uh, one thing I just want to ask you is pretty much, you know, if you could go back, you know, in time, tell yourself something or just give some type of advice for an aspiring entrepreneur, someone that wants to build a company, they want to be the next world's first at something. Um, yeah. You know, what's, what's um, something that you would tell them? I would say be really focused on that one thing and that one aspect of your business. What are you innovating on? What it's really special about what you're doing? And then for everything else, be as dumb and lazy as possible. Like use Shopify, use QuickBooks, use the tools that already exist in the world. Do not be, this is to younger me, like do not try to boil the ocean. Do not try to do everything from scratch. Build your own website back and like figure out some other tools for uh, building, like buying your own warehouse and factory, like no. Find a warehouse that already ships out 10,000 packages a day. Ask them to please send out your 100 packages a day. Shake hands, call it a deal. They will charge you a little bit more than if you did it yourself. And it will be an amazing deal. Because if you did it yourself, you'd have no time to do what you're actually trying to do with your business, what you're actually good at. And that's how you're going to make a 10x outcome. So yeah, let your, let your warehouse make a nickel every time they send out a package and let you focus on what you're going to do. Pay damn QuickBooks, pay Shopify. Like those, the price that you pay for those out of the box softwares that just work that like have teams of founders and engineers and designers and, and like world that are, they're world experts on solving that specific problem. Use them freely for like 80% of your business. That is not the innovative stuff. Focus, focus, focus on that 20%. It actually makes you special. And you'll have a lot better time. Like put all of your wood behind that one arrow and yeah, just use the be lazy as possible about everything else. I love that. It's that, that concept of just maximizing your time and using your time, you know, valuably, uh, you know, again, like someone like you, you're a founder, CEO, you're a new parent. Like I appreciate the time that you took out of your day to be on this show and, and spread this knowledge and, and, you know, this information with us, because it is like, you know, maximizing your time and make sure that you're using your time as efficient as possible to build what you want to build, right? And, there, and those five priorities, like you said, cross off six through 25, because if, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no, and it's just wasting your yeah. time. Yeah, amen, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Well, Michael, thank you so much, man, again, for taking the time. Um, where can we find you? Where can we find HVMN? Uh, you know, where do we go? And obviously it'll be yeah. in the, um, it'll be in the show notes, but just verbally. Yeah, I know. Appreciate it, Kayla. This has been an awesome conversation and yeah, we went to a lot of interesting places yeah. here today. Let's say you can find me personally. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I'm at BDM underscore runner. Find me. I love hearing what people are up to, what you're building, what you're trying from a health and wellness perspective, training for a marathon, training for Mr. Or Mrs. Olympia, whatever you're doing, love to hear about it. If you're building a business, love to hear from people. Our company is Health Via Modern Nutrition. We are at HVMN on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Check us out. Our product is called Ketone IQ. It's really cool. It's it is a metabolic superfuel. It stacks well 
with caffeine or any nootropics or other psychoactives, all those things, they turn your brain on, but they don't actually provide your brain with energy. Ketones provide your brain with energy. Sugar also provides your brain with energy, but sugar is not good for you. Ketones are really clean fuel for your, for your brain that stack well with all these other things, or you can use it instead of caffeine if, if that's your bag, but it's really cool. At least I would suggest give it a try. If you hate it, we have, you know, money back guarantee. We, we want everyone to be happy. Um, there's a reason I'm putting my, all my hard work into this, this product in particular, I think it's really neat. So, uh, appreciate everyone checking it out and drop a line and say hello. Love, love hearing from people. I love that. I love that. Before we sign off, is there anything big that you have planned personally or, you know, for HVMN, is there anything that's, that's coming up for you, the business, anything big we can look forward to yourself, anything? Yeah, I can't announce yet, but we're, yeah, we're launching some big grocery stores, some big like national grocery stores. So awesome. take a look for us by the, by the wellness shots, by your, your, your ginger, turmeric, apple cider vinegar you're going to start seeing a ketone iq shot there soon so can't announce just yet i can't get, let the cat out of the bag or my pr <laughs> team's gonna shoot me but coming soon yeah awesome awesome well again michael thank you so much for taking your time to to speak with us today and i just really appreciate it man thank you so much thanks caleb